Prologue Deep in the Aegean Sea Halfway between the Greek mainland and the long western headland of Crete lies the rough and rugged island of Kythera. It is a coarse rock, twenty miles long at most, set in the middle of a shining and bejeweled sea. Along the eastern end of the Mediterranean there is a pure, transparent light which seems to flood the depths of the water. This is a paradise for visiting scuba divers, but for local fishermen the azure ocean that surrounds them is a harsh and unforgiving place. There are not enough fish anymore, and life is as hard as it has ever been. It was 5 a.m. on a hot morning early in July. The sun was just rising, and the fishing boat was sailing close to the rocky shore on the south side. Up on the port side of the bow, his feet trailing over the side, sat sixteen-year-old Dimitrios Morakis. He was in deep trouble. On the previous afternoon he had managed to lose the only good net his family owned, and now his father, Stephanos, sat, unshaven and grumpy, on the tiller. The man was secretly proud of his golden-skinned son, and he stared at the boy's Etruscan nose, a mirror image of his own, and the large hands, too powerful for the slender, youthful body, the boy's genetic bounty from a long line of Kitharan fishermen. Nonetheless, Stephanos was still peevish. "'We'd better find it,' he said unnecessarily and in a light morning breeze they slapped along against the wavelets, while out to the east for a few translucent moments the earth seemed to rise up through veils of scarlet and violet. The net showed up more or less where Stephanos thought it would be, driven into a curved outcrop of rock by the unvarying Aegean currents. Lost nets had been washing up against those particular rocks for centuries. The problem was— it was jammed. Working in the water for almost half an hour, Demetrios was unable to free it. "'It's caught up way below the surface,' he yelled to his father. "'I'll get back on the boat and then dive deep with a fishing knife.' Three minutes later the boy split the water head first, kicking his way downwards. In the crystal-clear depths he found the bottom of the net, entwined and stuck in a crevasse between two rocks. There was no option but to cut it. He stuck out his left hand to give himself purchase and slashed the knife sideways. The net came free, and as it did so, Demetrios tugged the twisted cord from the V-shaped gap in the rocks. He had been underwater for twenty-four seconds now, and he needed to surface. His path was blocked by a heavy weight on his shoulders. Twisting, he pushed away two large black boots— and saw to his horror that the boots held one full-sized, very drowned human body, trapped by one arm in the ancient rocks of Kithera. The other arm flapped free, skeletal. It had been eaten by fish and was swaying in the morning tide. Demetrio stared at the white, bloated head, the eye sockets empty, the flesh on one side stripped from the skull, the teeth still there, the half-mouth grinning grotesquely in the clear water. It was a phantasm, straight from the imagination of the devil himself. 
Choking with disgust, Demetrio stared at the grisly cadaver as it continued performing its hideous slow-motion ballet just beneath the surface, the one arm and both legs rising and falling in the gentle swell, the body spotlit by the finely focused underwater rays of the clear Aegean sun. Then he turned and kicked with the frenzy of the truly terrified, desperate for air, driven by the ludicrous thought that somehow the spectre would find a way to pursue him. He glanced down as he went, and as he did so he noticed the sun creating a bright light on the dark blue jersey which covered the hideous white balloon of the waterlogged body. The light glistened upwards, reflecting thinly from a tiny two-inch-long silver submarine badge inlaid with a five-pointed red star.